space, the final frontier. Space Station Ashland sits on the edge of Federation space with its companionship, the USS Dalamis Christian. The space around them is full of mystery and strange wonders, where secrets are kept and danger lurks around every corner. The crew of the Dalamis Christian must navigate treacherous waters as they work to protect the Federation. But as they peer into the unknown, they will discover that the line between friend and foe is not always clear. They will be tested like never before and will face challenges that will push them to their limits. Join us on this adventure as we explore the farthest reaches of space and uncover the hidden truths that lie within the shadows. Tabletop Journeys presents Star Trek Preservations. Welcome, travelers, to the next an episode of Star Trek Preservations. We are officially on episode nine, and the episode is entitled The Hunt on Takaris Prime. We are currently starting off Stardate 57749 point, and this particular adventure and episode will begin with two threat per player. We actually pick up with our crew several months after the last episode and those great events that transpired. It has been a hard couple of months recovering from those events, working on getting the station going, processing information, just running their general missions. And at the end of the day, that's what Starfleet does. They handle tough situations and they get on with the, with the work of the day. However... Even the hardest working, especially the hardest working folks in Starfleet do, of course, need some time off. And occasionally that comes in the way of shore leave. And that's where we pick up. The crew of the Dolomus Christian is cycling out for various shore leaves. And the three player characters that we have today are headed to a planet in the region known as Takaris Prime to take some shore leave. It's basically a resort similar to what you would find on Risa, though not as popular because we're in a different region of space. But the idea is if this ends up being something that's fun and safe, there'd definitely be something for the crews of the various ships surrounding Aslan Station to come here for shore leave takes less time. And it would also help relations within the region, which is part of Starfleet's mission. So that's the goal. Go here, get some R&R, some relaxation, but as always, put Starfleet's best foot forward. As we open the scene, uh, your shuttle has reached the surface of Takaris Prime. It's a landing area. There's lots of shuttlecraft or, and smaller uh, starcraft in the area. I would liken it to one of those municipal airports, but one of those municipal airports that's actually fairly busy versus the ones that gets maybe two planes a day. This is actually one that gets a fair amount of craft that, that visit. There are storage facilities for craft that will be staying, uh, so on and so forth. 
as you are coming here from the Duvlums, Christian is not coming all the way here, although they did drop you off. So they're in orbit. You're taking a shuttle down because that's just what you do. When you're here, you could beam down as well, but if you wanted, you could also have a shuttle. So the choice is yours as to which shuttle you wish to take. All of the Delamas Christian specialty shuttles are available. Because the Delamas Christian has that expanded shuttle bay, you do have at least one standard shuttle as well, depending on how you wish to leave the DC accommodated. I know, not like the meta title of this adventure makes me worry at all about uh, something going wrong on shore leave. (laughs) <laughs> come on my, my preference would be to take the kitty hawk just out of proprietary yeah no. absolutely anybody else's uh thoughts on that now, isn't the, isn't the kitty hawk just a shuttle it's not even a full-on runabout it's a I shuttle mean, with, which has enhanced scanners but absent an actual need i wouldn't want to put any more time and wear and tear on any equipment and we're in orbit and the crew's cycling back and forth, just beaming up and down. My thought is you're on a more of an extended leave, so the Dom's Christian won't be staying. That's why I was thinking you might want to have a shuttle with you in case if anything happened and you needed to get to the Dom's Christian, you'd want a shuttle that could physically get you there versus beaming down and waiting for pickup at a later point. On a not metagame level, I'm not going to leave my ship and let it fly away. <laughs> so. Uh, okay. I, I'm just thinking, like, when Picard took his shore leave, he actually, the, the Enterprise wasn't in orbit there. Okay. I guess I'm envisioning, see, I guess I was envisioning shore leave being a couple days. If we're on vacation, that's different than shore leave. Yeah. Okay. So. so this is more like a vacation, a holiday. This could be, this is more of a couple weeks kind of thing versus a couple days kind of thing. All right, then we'll take the uh, we'll take the eagle. Okay, you want, so the eagle will go. Kitty Hawk will stay with the ship. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. The eagle, the eagle has landed. <laughs> so you land successfully. They've got storage facilities, so you can secure your vessel. They have folks from the resort that'll take any personal effects. Basically, these are sci-fi versions of bellhops they're going to go ahead and take care of your luggage uh, effectively so you guys are there you all are there when you come off i've got my little canister merce yep yep the yeah with the canister with the strap and the whole bit yeah just a small thing but do we land when we land is it outside or inside outside then what is that when tanari gets out of the ship Stops a bit, takes a steadying breath, goes a little pale before going outside, and hurries inside. Okay. Big okay. question. You're, you are all on leave. You are off duty. Mm-hmm. When you land, are you in Starfleet uniforms? Whether you have your badges visible or not, that's up to you. But are you in uniform or are you in civilian clothes? And if in civilian clothes... Please describe, and we'll go around Robin's style. We'll start with Lieutenant Najjar. So if I'm on actual vacation as opposed to just a, a weekend pass kind of gig, <clears throat> I would probably be in civilian attire. And I would imagine that Najjar's civilian attire just looks like 
but normal clothes that you would find on an agricultural frontier world. Trousers and a shirt. He's not terribly fashionable. Fun it's it's functional wear that doesn't look terrible. Okay. Fair enough. And Tanari? Tanari's in civilian clothes as well. Probably something in kind of a light gray with, with one of these panels that go over to the side with... I guess what you see like Kirk wore in some of the later movies when they are on the bounty. HMS bounty. Okay. All right. Sounds good. And Commander Tobor. Yes, of course, having to lead by example, Tobor is indeed in civilian dress. And he's got the Riker shimmery blue deep cut outfit going on. So he is in full on vacation luau party mode excellent and joining you on this mission the person piloting the eagle is one of the pilots from the ship ensign lusun l-u-c-s-o-n base uh, species they're a bit of an oddity as far as the species. They've they're definitely a friendly species, and you would probably know it. They are 6'8", uh, about 27 years old, humanoid mammalian. They have turquoise skin, a slightly odd-shaped head, and they have seven cyan-colored pupil-less eyes. They are humanoid, but not human. So they're not one of just the, the standard human-looking races with ridges and ears. They are out there as far as their description. All, all of those eyes help them be an extremely efficient and effective three-dimensional space pilot? <laughs> one would hope. <laughs> they're a pilot? They are definitely known for their piloting skills, and specifically in astro-navigations. And just and a, a big fan of Lieutenant Najar in that they also have done some work on other ships with xenopsychology. And Ensign Lucen joins you mostly because the captain should not have to pilot himself even on leave. And basically, there was a draw to see who gets to cycle into the, the first cycle of leave here on Takara's Prime. Well, like I said, there is a part of the mission that is a mission, which is, is this a safe, is it a place that Starfleet feels that their staff should be able to go to? So your group is the only Starfleet group here right now. Other people from the region come here for vacation and resort purposes on the regular basis. But for those who've been in the military, there's always this crop up of not good things near military establishments that are always trying to get military people to go there. So the idea is the military tends to send people there to make sure it's a good place where they can feel comfortable, their people will be treated well and return to duty safely. So that's that. That's what this mission is. In addition to you all get to have some fun, it's also a report back. Do you think this will be a good place for folks to go? Lucen actually comes out attempting to blend in khaki shorts, high white socks uh, with sandals, uh, sunglasses, 
better weird because obviously with all of these eyes he can't get it so he's got like this big giant um visor uh like ray-ban thing uh that covers all of his eyes um and uh he's in a floral print sh- button-up short sleeve shirt that's cut down and he's got a fanny pack styling ensign of course sir I wanted to represent well. I'm a big fan of old video transmissions from planet Earth. And I am told that when on vacation, this is that I, I see that this is appropriate attire for vacation, especially for the action hero. And then he takes out what could best be described as a baseball cap that says Detroit Tigers on it. And he puts it on. Okay. Very well. <laughs> <laughs> so a- as you are leaving the ship they've got devices automated devices that will tow into a storage facility everything's secure the, there are no overall security concerns at this point it's more just is anything beyond the surface that you need to look at those are the kinds of things you might want to look into later on but for the most part everything seems pretty pleasant people smiling laughing or whatever um, there are some families here there are individuals there are couples groups of young people from various planets, various species going about their business, headed to different places. When you enter the facility from this outdoor place, as Lieutenant Tanari hurried to get to that door almost ahead of the party, when that opens and you go in, it looks just like an inbound airport and an all-inclusive resort kind of thing. There are concierges that are meeting different people. There are some people with signs for various people, people of all the different species there. And everybody seems to be enjoying themselves and having a good time. And then finally someone comes up to you. You must be our honored guests from Starfleet, correct? Indeed, I am Sabian Tobor. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. These are several of my officers, Mr. Najar, Mr. Tanari. And uh, Mr. Lawson. Hello to all of you. Welcome Pleasure. here to Cars Prime. We welcome you. Solon welcomes you. And this is the Solon Resort on the moon of Takara's Prime. And we have so many things to show you. We are so very happy to have you here and look forward to many more Starfleet officers joining us for future visits and vacations. If you'd like, we can start with a tour of the facilities, or would you prefer to be shown directly to your rooms so you can freshen up, as it were? I think we should take a few minutes to get settled in, and then we'd be happy to get the official grand tour. Camdrill gestures with his bag and says, at least somewhere to set things down would be nice. Of course. I will certainly have staff show you to your rooms. If you would kindly wait through those doors, our staff will will bring you to your bungalows. Oh, and uh, forgive me. My name is Lana. Pleasure to meet you, Lana. La Lana. La Lana. Ah, my apologies. Yes, we wouldn't want to confuse me with my sister, Lana. I'm La Lana. No, that would absolutely. Shar mumbles because there's a vaguely plausible reason for her to forget her own name. <laughs> and she excuses herself and heads off while you are there you can either head immediately to the doors you can take your time to look around what would you all like to do i mean i'm not like 
beeline straight, but I'm going to our bungalow thing set up. Okay. Absolutely. Um, is this yeah, a I wanted to set the stuff down and unpack tropical. and whatnot. So what's the general theme vibe? It's definitely tropical paradise like here. You get the warmth from the sun that is comforting, but not oppressive. There's no great humidity. In fact, there's a decided lack of humidity. While warm, you are not overheated. It might be slightly warmer than ultimately comfortable for an Andorian, but it is not more so than you would find on shipboard. So the temperatures are fairly similar to what you find on shipboard, but you just get that comforting feeling of the sun on your skin kind of thing. Reasons are slight, but it's enough to make the air move so it feels like it's fresh air. There's almost a sweet smell to the air, which is something that's different. It doesn't feel manufactured, but it's almost like the air here just smells welcoming and that's not just inside that was outside so that's just an interesting thing to note you'll see people in lighter clothing bathing suits sarai thing like that things like that it's definitely that resort caribbean hawaiian tropical vibe that they're going for all right so as you go through those doors it is outside again it's almost like you came in through the back of the uh, facility and there's a big lobby and then you go right out through the doors to see the outside and you can see various buildings. There's a lot of newer buildings and newer constructions. It seems very up to date for Federation standard. But then you can see there's an older part of this city and this facility is located uphill. There are mountains across town that lead out up and away. There's older districts of the town that look like basically stages of construction. Like you can see where this society is in the current modern 23rd century type of architectures, but you can see the eras of construction. Like you can even see some older buildings and there are actually some stone ruins in other places closer to the mountains. So you can definitely see that this is a city that has grown over a long period of time or through different through different time periods in their cultural existence. And then a tram vehicle, clean energy tram vehicle pulls up. Uh, the doors slide up and over the top so that you can enter. There's seats directly across. There's no seats on the side facing the building, but, but there's seats across and there's storage bins for your gear. And then there is a Sunian style android piloting the, the vessel. And not one of the sentient Sunian androids, by the way. It's one of the non-sentient types, so it's pretty obvious that it is not a person that you're dealing with. I will hurry up and get in the tram and stow my luggage. Yes. Welcome to Solon. Solon welcomes you. And he does that same gesture where they hold their hands flat against each other. And for those listening, it's hard to visualize this, but for those watching, their hands form like almost like an X or angel wings pressed against the chest and then open up as they say, Solon welcomes you. So everybody enters, sits down, stows gear, that type of thing? Absolutely. Yep. As the tram goes away, the driver says, would you care to go directly to your bungalows or would you prefer a first light tour of the city? Our bungalows, please. Thank you. Absolutely. 
Would you care for me to point out points of interest as we travel towards your bungalows, or would you prefer silence and a ride in peace without the annoying voices of automation? No, please denote any landmarks of interest. Excellent. As we leave the entrance facility to the Solon Resort, a brand new facility that has been developed specifically to accommodate larger and larger vessels of landing capabilities, and the precursor to a much larger starport, which will be located a few miles from, from town, we come to the Old City. This is where you'll find many of our finest dining establishments, where we serve many delicacies from all over the quadrant including our most famous Ractuccino morning Ceylon, where you can have your favorite Ractuccino beverages flavored with spices from multiple areas. And at night, it is a welcoming club scene where Ractuccino Canar is very enjoyable. And then they... And then... So Warwick, like, starts to tune out the that droning is on his pad, and he's flipping through and looking for the most esoteric and uniquely different activities and experiences that can be had here and only here. There is one thing that is noted called the hunt. And right. uh, there's, there are several things. I would like to know it, more. Like, yeah, there are several things, but mostly what you'll see is them borrowing from other cultures so that people will f- have something that they enjoy from home here in a it's provided for you in a nicer environment kind of way so you can do all kinds of things you can do elsewhere they actually have designed environments so you can do ice luges and things like that you might find in uh andorian um resorts and things like that on various andorian colonies there are all kinds of different experiences and things like that they do have a number of things that are exceptionally unique there is a mountain peak here that is tall enough where you do climbing to get to it and then you are inside where you're in a sealed environment and then they have a hollowed out mountain peak with windows because it actually is tall enough to be outside of the the actual atmosphere so you can look down on on the planetoid itself and see and you get some very unique views from there and it's considered a a a nice place to look at the region from a scientific space because you're outside the atmosphere and you can see how things in the area impact and reflect it's very beautiful and it's well known as a wedding venue but mostly the hunt is the one unique thing that you really can't find or do in any other way any place else and as you try to find more there is very little of it set other than if you are interested in knowing more about this please press this button and more information will be provided at a later point Tanari is tuning everything out and is itching to take apart the android (laughs) so the android goes on he'll be polite and not he'll be polite and not take apart the android that belongs to someone else but 
What you will notice, however, because you are uh, uh, looking and identifying, this android is actually connected to the cab. So while it is a fully functioning and it can walk away, it is actually, literally, its fingers are plugged into its console. So it's not typing things or whatever. It is literally plugged in. And you are, uh, through your observation, watching it using its positronic matrix to um, make the tram do its things. And if you would kindly give me a reason engineering role. Okay. Difficulty is only a one. Uh, there's some amount of, it's understanding what you're observing. I'm not making you roll to see if you saw it because you specifically mm-hmm. said, I'm looking at this. I'm interested in this kind of thing. You definitely will see this happening. So I'll describe what in a moment, but uh, to, to gauge your understanding of it, difficulty one based on reason science. Two successes. Excellent. So we're going to throw in one momentum to the uh, to the kitty. As seems to be a trend with uh, Star Trek Preservations, Tenari's first roll always nets the group some momentum as we go. I, 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 it's a Actually, thing my first roll I usually yeah. flub. This is breaking tradition. <laughs> you usually do have one that's catastrophically bad. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully there won't be any need for ice picks today. <laughs> What's a vacation without some ice picking? Of course. <laughs> that, what you're able to recognize is that there is clearly a network of these because you're just witnessing and looking at the controls from a bit of a distance. You're seeing that these trams are essentially automated, but each of these Sunian androids operate each tram, and there are probably about five or 600 of these smaller trams. They can really hold about six to 10 people most at most comfortably, probably a little bit more, but these trams are moving people about the city. There are a separate set of trams that operate under the city, which are basically service personnel uh, moving to where they work and locals, but above uh, is where you'll find all the guests and such. Um, But they are all all of the trams are operated by Sunian style androids. Um, And they seem to be moving exceptionally efficiently. There's never a need for one to slow down in it like a stop or an emergency because they are all in sync so they all kind of move and they know where to go like if something would cause something to slow down it'll take a it'll, it'll take an alternate route so it never has to slow down so you're pretty much constantly moving at a constant speed until you approach your actual stop which is logistically almost impossible for any like 20th century or 21st century style computer to manage but this is like the self-driving car concept taken to its positronic extreme. Very efficient, very comfortable, very smooth. All societies should operate like this. So Najar has been staring out the windows, watching people watching, which she does a lot, and then rousing himself from a stupor very late conversationally, because obviously the Rakticino conversation was a little bit ago. He pipes in with, does that Rakticino chop have pumpkin spice from Earth? Why, yes, it does. In fact, we have pumpkin spice, we have a sweet potato spice, and we even have a Ferengi grub spice, which we will mix with Rakticino upon special request. And any of our specialty dining shops within the old city and the new city... A simple yes was enough. Thank you. Of course, I apologize for my overabundance of information and any difficulty that may have caused. 
As always, Solon welcomes you. We welcome you. And then he, he actually stopped talking. And at that point, it, and just continues the ride. I glance over to Najar and I get this. I'm not digging the humanoid machine slave thing. Like, I don't do droids. <laughs> it's definitely, I don't know how familiar you are with ancient Earth literature, but it's definitely feeling a little Stepford. <laughs> Mostly because Tabor also knows Ensign, what's her nugget from the Michael Collins as well? Yep. So knows what an actual Simian android is capable of when they're not like on factory reset mode. Right. Yeah, when they're, they're allowed to expand their positronic matrix and become a person, it can be it can be disturbing, and they are disturbing. Honestly, if I think about those early season one Picard episodes where they showed the ones that were operating in Utopia Planitia, they unlike Data, like they all had, they were all bald headed, they were all identical, they all were much more pale than I think even Data was, except for possibly first or second season. There was just a, there was an oddness that just made them really weird to look at. And this approaches that. This is exactly that. It's that exact style of Sunni and Android. Yeah. And uh, Commander Data as well also specifically had programming to address the uncanny valley. Like, he does yeah. stuff that works to compensate that. Like yeah, these, right. these don't, and it's just like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and so they have that herky jerky movement style thing that Data rarely gets unless he's flustered. Those types of things, like there's a lack of humanity, for lack of a better word, that appears with these, which makes them off-putting to people who are interested in people. You pull up at your stop, and the tram does this weird thing. It pulls up. Your facility is actually on the opposite side, but it actually lifts in place, swivels around, and sets back down. The Android seat and console slides from where it was to the opposite side, so it's still now facing the new front. Uh, and the door opposite you opens up, so you are now, you don't ever have to cross the street, is the way this works. You're able to exit grab your things and, and exit and at this point the android speaks up again and says thank you for visiting us here and i hope your travel from your entrance I point did. to here is has been wonderful and remember solon welcomes you solon welcomes you i like halfway through that i'm like out the door as quick as i can <laughs> When you end, as you step off the tram, folks open the doors. There's actually a ricin woman as well as a human woman who are there, and they open the door for you. Or a human-looking woman who opens the door for you. Okay, that's weird. We've got an automated Android pilot, but the doors are manually. Okay. Interesting. When we get off the tram, I'll make a point of thanking the Android. You are quite welcome, sir. And thank you for your interest in me. <laughs> and then I will hurry to my bungalow. Excellent. So when you exit, there's a door there, and the the ricin woman says, 
I am Tetron, and I am here to welcome you to Solon. Again, Solon welcomes you. This is the main facility here where you'll be staying. This is where we have any of our standard group activities. Uh, we can certainly go through um, what we have to offer in the main facility. However, the assistant will show you to your bungalows. They're not far from here. If you follow her down the hall, they'll take you. So anything you would like me to send to your rooms? Is she human? You said appears to be human. But if she's human, she'll be giving off emotion. And if she's not, she won't. She is human. She's definitely giving off emotion and she looks human. Fair enough. That answers the, what I could ascertain anyway. It is a pleasure to meet you, Titron. I think at this point in time, we can probably make our own way. Excellent. And the other woman looks a little nervous, like she doesn't quite know what to do, the human-looking woman. She says, but I can't show you where you need to go. Oh, that's quite all right. No need to trouble yourself. Like, walk in and walk on. Room 101, sir. And then she looks at Najara and Tanari. Would either of you care to have someone show you to your bungalows? That would be lovely, Tatron. Thank you very much. Yes, please. Tetron won't be the one showing you. It's the human-looking woman who will be showing you, by the way. And you notice when Commander Tobor goes past her, effectively to walk on his own, she seemed scared by that. Okay. I picked that up just based off of the way that you acted them, but thank you. Yep. And so she will show you. You're a few steps behind Tobor. It's not far down the hall. There's a sli- there's a door to the outside, and then there's a series of bungalows. They're roughly the size of Bridge Officer's quarters on a Galaxy-class starship, so bigger than what you have on the Dalamas Christian by, by far, but about the size of Tobor's quarters on the Dalamas Christian as the captain's quarter. So they're good-sized bungalows. They're comfortable. They're well-accompanied. When you walk to your door, Commander, you it will actually sound off, Welcome, Commander Tobor. Solon welcomes you. Yeah, that's getting creepy. And, and the door's open and you enter. you want early access to every Tabletop Journeys episode? How about exclusive content, live broadcasts, like and a chance to throw dice with your favorite like hosts really and fellow nice fans? Resort in, resort or kind of area, but you then support the show? there's a panel that Join shows our up Patreon today at www.patreon.com slash we have tiers to fit any budget for uh, a monthly commitment, temperature, or you can make a one-time contribution to the cause. Even we love doing the show for and y'all, that's when you and support helps us keep creating and producing um, great content bungalows for you. Are also so join us today at www.patreon.com slash bungalow whatever it is you want it to look like. So if you want it to be set up like your perfect dream vacation room, that's what you can do. And you can have it set to whatever temperatures. Or if you want it to look like a beach, like you're open in the air and on the beach the whole time, you can choose to do that. So you can basically select your 
room experience. So I will leave you there. We'll, and while you think about how you want your room appointed, the human-looking woman will take you to your room. Uh, Najar, your room is, is next. Just a couple bungalows down. And when you get there, the computer says, Lieutenant Najar, welcome. Solon welcomes you. The door's open. I keep getting that. He says as he walks into his room. And the woman says, is there anything I can get for you? I think that I'm fine. Thank you. You're very welcome. And then she hands you a small piece of paper, actually. I look at it. And it's a piece of paper that says... We should meet in the old city, and it's signed Tanar of Cardassia. Tanar of. As I'm holding the piece of paper and looking at it, I just raise one eyebrow at the attendant and look up at her. She seems relieved to not be in possession of the paper. I see. Do you hand all of your new guests slips of paper with clandestine meetings on them she looks very alarmed that you asked her this question and says I don't know what you mean I didn't hand you anything and I apologize if there's any offense and she bows deeply and backs up welcome Solon welcomes you and then heads off walks a little further and says sir if you'd follow me to your room looking at Tanari She's very frightened yeah. now. Not wanting to make it necessarily any worse, but at the same time, not able to just let it go. Najar's, you don't remember handing me this? And he holds it up like directly where she can see it. And she looks around and says, again, I can certainly bring you anything you would need for your room. I apologize if I have made any offense. Welcome, and Solon welcomes you and then takes another few steps and looks pleadingly at Tanari. Would you care to go to your room, sir? I'll look over Najar questioningly, I like, and then over at the woman and say, yes, I would, please. And as you head on, she will leave Jar at his door. Your and room he's has just watching them walk away, like yeah. with a puzzled look on his face. Your room has the same setup, so think about how you wish your room to be appointed. We'll get back to that in a moment. And we will lead you to your room, Lieutenant Tanari. And as you get there, of course, you get the same. Lieutenant Tanari, welcome. Solon comes you. The door's open. And then your room is there, and she asks a, a similar question. She says, is there anything that I can get for you, sir? Yes, we're the environmental controls. They will be inside, and our systems will adapt anything and everything you would find comfortable. If you have any questions, you have only to request assistance. Myself or one of the other attendants will be more than happy to bring you anything. Okay, thank you very much. You are very welcome, and Solon welcomes you. And she bows, she smiles with some relief in her expression and 
leaves, but heads not back towards Najar, but heads uh, in, a, in a different way. What was so your attendant's name, the person that walked us? Nobody ever asked her, and she never provided it. Okay. I tell the computer, computer, Eternity City, Trill, um, give me a northwestern look onto the Eternal Garden. And then I set my shoulder bag down, and I pull out a tricorder from it, as well as my comm badge, flip open my comm badge, and I set it to secure local communication mode. Yep. Flip open the tricorder, I I set uh, interference privacy, Starfleet intelligence protocol, and then I tap (laughs) it, and I tap it to them, and I do Kilo Alpha 4 protocols are in effect. Excellent. And so that is taken care of. And for those listening, there's a specific reason why I'm not making any rolls because this is not necessarily a time-sensitive thing. It's a protocol that we're narratively describing here. So there's no need to roll. There's no chance of failure setting up a standard thing that Starfleet officers do all the time. If at a later point there's a challenge where someone's in opposition, something is in opposition, I might make a roll based on this already being in place. But there's no need for a roll at this time. And for the audiences who don't know, and the fact I and my fellow cast members who just made it up, Kilo Alpha <laughs> Four is the uh, protocol to assume that all physical and electronic communications are being monitored by a hostile party, and to uh, if days were weeks and if hours were minutes, they did in Rathacon. We are being observed and uh, and act accordingly. Understood. <laughs> that comes through to the comm badges of your two other crew members that are on surface with you, so they have the ability to set the, set theirs as well, so that they can follow that protocol, so they know what you're talking about, what's going on there, and I will let them respond. Then I would tap my comm badge and reply, Indeed, Captain, I'm stowing my personal gear and then headed to your bungalow. Okay. Very good. And Tanara? Is that my combat? Confirm, Captain. I'll be over for dinner. And with that, Lieutenant Jar. Oh, and the, oh, yes. And Lucen, who also was led to his bungalow in that process, he says, confirmed, Captain. And says, I think I may have left something on the shuttle. I will head back to make sure I can secure it. Wouldn't want to be on vacation without my extra pair of sunglasses. (laughs) And with that, he signs off and he's going to go back to the ship. Based on your protocols, he's going to secure the ship to make sure that anybody watching them or anything that happens to the ship he'll get some kind of notification on in case there's any kind of problem. So he's going to make sure that the ship's locked down for that purpose. While stowing my gear, before heading to Commander Togor's bungalow, Najar is going to do a full sweep of his room, looking for surveillance devices, audio, video, etc. 
Okay, that would be a security insight check. I like security insight. Yeah, I'd say security insight makes the most sense there. All right, your difficulty is going to be a two on this particular challenge. You have one momentum, and I have six threats. Okay, so... See, this is where the decision between bold and cautious talents makes a difference, Glenn. Oh, no, absolutely, but we already have a cautious security person, and I didn't want to just be a follower. Fair. (laughs) Okay. Will my talent of lead investigator apply in this instance? I'm investigating my room, but it's not specifically a crime scene known at this point. I would say yes, because I find the term crime scene to be pretty nebulous. Is it a crime scene? Is the phrase crime scene a legal definition, like a crime must have taken place? Or are you investigating something? Because if somebody put a listening device in a private quarters, that in some circles could be considered a crime, but maybe not a crime by law in this location. But if it's a crime, then this would be a crime scene. So I I have a much looser definition of the term crime scene. If you're investigating something that could be problematic by your terms, then absolutely. So I'm perfectly fine with that assessment. Okay, I'm going to spend a momentum for an extra die instead of a threat. So I'm not activating bold security. I'm giving you the opportunity for some 20s, but I'm not ready to just start tearing them apart and do the things that imply daring yet. I'm just trying to be subtle about it if they are watching. Cool. All right. Uh, I have three successes. All right. Excellent. Um, so that's going to give you back one momentum? More than that, actually, but bear with me one second. You get the two bonus ones after your investigation. Does my focus of uh, forensics and investigations apply? Yeah, I would say yes. Okay, then I have four successes because one of them's a five, which is my security. Oh, look at that. And the lead investigator generates two additional momentum when I successfully investigate a task. So that, as I'm doing the math, that's four total momentum after the one momentum spend, and you have success on the task. Does that meet everybody else's math? Did I get that right? Awesome. The short answer to your investigation is this. Yes, you are being monitored, but it is not unique or special. One of the things I mentioned is that this is effectively a holodeck. By definition, a holodeck must collect and store data. There is not a specific thing watching you that's doing a thing, but the computer core that is behind this resort must in effect, in order to provide a holodeck styled environment, constantly be watching you constantly be holding on to this information recording this information to provide the environment for which you are interacting it's one of those little unspoken dirty secrets of holodecks you can't ever do anything in a holodeck that is not recorded so yes you're being watched but it does not feel like it's specifically set up for you but it does appear based on your interaction and i'll give you this just because you had a ludicrous sum of successes it does appear that that was very well known by the person who was leading you into the room so she was choosing not to say things or do things in a way that might be connected and now that you're thinking about that 
when she handed you the device, she positioned herself in a way at the door that the cameras at the door facing out would not see her handing it to you. And she was positioned in a way where she was also sheltered from other cameras on other bungalows. So what she did could not have been recorded. And that you now know. So that bit of information fits very much into the types of things that Najar would notice and informs his investigation of how much we're being observed because a moral holodeck program would be erasing and clearing those buffers and cache memories as opposed to continuing to monitor it and try to get information from it. And her behavior very much said that they are watching everything. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So she clearly had a fear about what she was doing. Yes. And there's no information that you had that would indicate whether they are or are not clearing that holodeck buffer cache. You wouldn't see that at this stage at this based on what you now know. Her behavior is what gave me that information. Exactly. All right. Excellent. You're all set. Was there a specific environment after your investigation that you would be setting up for your room? No, as long as it's pleasant in terms of temperature and decorum, I'm not concerned. Excellent. And Lieutenant Tanari. Okay. First of all, immediately drop the temperature. Okay. Um, it is the environment. 55, 54-ish. Mm-hmm. If you want a nice, comfortable night's sleep, you might want to make it a good 50, but that temperature drops to a much more comfortable range for you. Um, yeah. Make the room essentially look like the some of the ice caves on Andoria. Excellent. Give me a good enclosed space where I'm comfortable. And then just because I got a weird vibe from Najar, set it up with a white noise in the background of a constant wind blowing through the caves. Okay. You have that. It sounds like the Howling Caves of the Latakan Mountains in one of the eastern provinces on Andoria Prime, where at very specific times, there are, the howls will almost make a melodic music that goes through. So there are several times a day where that music can get pretty loud, almost crescendoing. I think something like the winds create a natural 1812 overture kind of thing, where you just feel that yes and i'm ready for this kind of momentum and it's actually a place where andorians have pilgrimages to certainly people who are preparing for long voyages or very big steps they'll go there because it's considered sacred and very energizing to for young andorians about to become adults moving on to benchmarks in in their life cycles like when you whether it's becoming an adult whether it's becoming married whether it's becoming a parent whether it's becoming a leader all of these benchmarks like you would do something like this the night before to get yourself primed up for that rites of passages thank you that's actually the phrase i was looking for you are set a couple a uh, couple hours pass and it's about the time that you all agreed to go see a commander of the uh, the young ensign luson he actually has returned as you are all going to the commander's bungalow 
and you're, you're passing his bung- Lusum's bungalow, you see the doors open, and inside you see what looks kind of strange and hive-like. There are weird fibrous structures all around. There's like a canopy almost of like webbing of sorts there, and there's like tables, there's like small table-like structures in this cave-like environment. It actually seems somewhat comforting because of its cave-like structure, Tanari, but it is very much more akin to an insectoid-style nest, which is odd because he's definitely a mammalian or a humanoid type of mammal, but what you've noticed is these that, that it has this insectoid nature, but there are also not a lot of mammals that have multiple eyes. That's a weird thing for a mammal to have. That many eyes is not standard. It doesn't mean it can't happen in the vastness of an idic of the galaxy. But it is somewhat non-standard as far as an evolutionary development. So the fact that there's some kind of insectoid nature to this domicile might give you some kind of idea towards the nature of this species to some extent. But then they're not a particularly well-known species. They're just there. There are a few around here or there. You never met one while you were at the academy. But you do. There's nothing about Luzon that would strike you as. I need to watch out for this person. It, they're a member of Starfleet. Their people are members of the Federation. It's just their oddities in the idic of the galaxy. When you get to Tobors, I assume one of you, Knox, or wishes to make your presence known. Beeps. Beep, beep. Come in. Your guests have arrived. Thank you. Welcome. The doors open. Welcome. And Solon welcomes you. I'm getting Commander Tobor welcomes you. Thank you for that warm welcome, Commander. Glad I can be very welcoming, Lieutenant strides through the door and he's changed he's now wearing not khaki shorts like the other guy but some form of shorts and a bright ass hawaiian shirt with a gazillion flowers all over it nice um Usun, when he realizes that you've got a hawaiian shirt on he goes he lifts his hand and then another appendage literally pops like out of a fold in his arm and gives you and, and it is a smaller hand and it and he says he goes shirt buddies and gives you a high five next time on star trek preservations i grab a piece of paper scratch paper or whatever and just jot down very quickly for a tanari try and set the security system into loop like so it's not recording. I cock my head to, to Najjar. I don't think we're quite there yet, are we, Lieutenant? All I know, sir, is that I'd sure rather have a functioning phaser handy when I need it than not have it. Too bad Mr. Chilrislin isn't here. I'm sure he would know this Tanar of Cardassian. I know we came for vacation, but so far this seems as though it's going to be the opposite. From the moment we've landed, oh, no. it's been nothing but intrigue. <laughs>